Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, ambassador of 805 Connect and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and encouragement. Thanks to our podcasting partner, Full String Press, for this great studio, and to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Hi, Mark. Nice to see you. Patrick, I'd like you to meet Andrew Firestone. Hi, Andrew. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm awesome. I'm, I'm damp. It was, it's been raining outside, <laughs> so that's a good thing. Let's celebrate that, I know. Right? I know. I, I, um, I, I, my umbrella's broken, and that's why I knew it would rain today, because my umbrella wouldn't open up. So if you want to... Things to boat of rain. Make sure that I'm ill-prepared. Trigger the rain. If you were in New York, as soon as it rains, all of the umbrella vendors are instantly on every street corner. That's right. That is uh, supply and demand. That's That's exactly what it is. So you're the founder and principal at Stone Park Capital. Tell me what Stone Park does. Uh, So we are in the hospitality uh, world, and uh, my partner Jess Parker and I uh, started this group about uh, almost two years ago uh, to look at opportunities to develop um, and own and operate select service hotels. What does that mean, select service? So select service um, just means hotels that you would probably stay at if you're on for business or you're, you know, you're um, you're going, it's not probably a place that you would necessarily go for a, uh, a honeymoon necessarily, but it is, um, you know, it's, it's a caliber of service that I think is... Um, um, is, is very high in terms of, of amenity, rooms, beds, but it's not over-the-top full service. So one end of the spectrum, you might have uh, the Biltmore Four Seasons. Sure. We would be probably closer to the other end of that spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you just select the services. Exactly, get, exactly. Right? They're, 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 they are, um, you know, it, it, they're great, beautiful hotel rooms, uh, great hotels, but um, we, uh, we only offer the things that people really need, you know, so... You may not find a valet or a concierge or a, um, a spot or hotels, but um, you know we focus on delivering really great room nights. And it sounds like the then the costs are less to the consumer. Yeah, as exactly. Well. So um, you know, when, if you're traveling on business or you know you are um, visiting somewhere that you're more excited to get out of the hotel than stay in the hotel, sure. sure. Why pay for something you're not going to use? So how did you identify that is where you wanted to spend your time? So it's kind of funny, but uh, almost 20 years ago, um, I worked. Uh, two summers for a hotel chain called Shiloh Inns uh, out of the Pacific Northwest. And I worked directly for two brothers, or for a set of brothers. How do you say that? Two brothers? They're brothers? Two brothers yeah. seems two, redundant. It, doesn't it? Yeah. For four brothers? For, for Yeah, so, so they're two <laughs> people. guys. It happened to be twins and happened to be brothers. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, I a set for, of brothers. A set of brothers? Is that what oh, it is? A set of a brothers. Brace. I think we, a I brace. I think we're going to need somebody to Google that. Um, so uh, I started, you know, the, at the you know, folding laundry, working operations. I mean, everything from the ground up. And I, and over the years, I stayed in close contact with this with this group. And uh, I worked f- after I left there. I worked in investment banking up in San Francisco. I worked for my family for a stint, and then was working for Ty Warner Hotels and Resorts here sure. locally. And so I had an experience then at the other end of the spectrum with a full service luxury, and knew that as an owner, I'd want to get back involved in the hotel business, but wanted to kind of skew towards that original experience that I'd had. And so we looked at a property here in Santa Barbara, my partner Jess Parker and I, and when we were evaluating it, I actually brought in those same people that I worked for 20 years ago. Really? And they're now our partners. They're they're a company called Pacific Inns, and um, they're 
wonderful, wonderful partners, great people, great experience. And so it's, uh, I think it's a testament to always make sure that you're nice to your bosses, that you have a good mm. relationship, <laughs> because you never know when, when paths may cross again. That's, that's the first lesson, yes. right? So do you go beyond Pacific Inns, or do you, is, so are we far, looking at a new yeah. chain? So far, we, you know, our, um, we have two hotels that are we have one hotel here in Santa Barbara, La Quinta, here on on State Street in Arriaga. Great hotel. Yeah, and then we're uh, we're about sixty days away uh, from opening up in uh, near San Jose in Morgan Hill, another La Quinta property. Right. This is a brand new, full, um, a new build, I should say. And then we are just under construction in San Luis Obispo on another project up there, which will be one hundred and two rooms, and uh, just figure out what that'll be designated at. Yet we haven't haven't gotten that far. Now, I'm, I, when I think of slow, I think of people probably parents going to stay for the kids, right? They're, they're going to visit the kids, or it's there's a lot of the vacation up there. San Luis Obispo is an incredibly dynamic, interesting, eclectic city, and I I love it, love it because not only is it anchored by um, the university, it has this really cool historic downtown yep. and but an interesting evolution you know in, in San Luis Obispo is the fact that Cal Poly is spitting out so many of these great young minds in architecture and design and engineering right and so there's this burgeoning technology industry that is up in San Luis Obispo as well and you know San Luis Obispo has a long history in agriculture winemaking you know it's proximity right. to, to the coast there's so many um, different aspects of San Luis Obispo that make it attractive for a visitor or a resident. And um, uh, it's just, it's a very dynamic, interesting uh, part of California. It's also easy, I, I like to say, do you want to drive to, do you want to fly to St. Louis or do you want to drive to San Luis? <laughs> San Luis Obispo also, I think it was named last year, was the happiest place on earth. Right. Uh, or happiest city on earth. So, uh, yeah, so it, it um, you know, it has a lot of, I think, a lot of similarities to Santa Barbara in some ways. It has, you know, coastal access. It had, you know, the but the community is rooted in in agriculture. And uh, through the 805 Connect project, which is the umbrella over the podcast, I, you know, because the 805 goes up to Paso Robles, and I hadn't real. I've driven through San Luis and on my way to see the grandkids, and you know, we get coffee and. But I hadn't really spent time up there. But mm -hmm. the last three years, I've gotten a chance to spend time and meet people. And I would echo everything you mm -hmm. said. I, I tend to veer more towards the startup, entrepreneurial, hot house, uh, Mike yep. Manchek, the Economic Development Corporation, mm -hmm. that kind mm -hmm. of activity that's mm -hmm. up there. Um, I find that people are, the, the ones we've had on the show, are very, very committed to San Luis Obispo. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, the, the people from San Luis Obispo are passionate about being from San Luis Obispo. And, you know, it, um, I think that there has been a bit of a, an evolution um, in terms of both Santa Barbara and San Luis Obispo in terms of young people that are going to UCSB or Cal Poly. Once upon a time, you would graduate and then you would leave and try to figure out how the heck to get back. Right. Now, um, there are more opportunities locally for students to, to be able to stay and work and, and pursue a professional, you know, their professional lives locally. And that, I don't think that was always the case. And um, UCSB has seen that in, you know, in Goleta uh, mm -hmm. with the resurgence of so much technology, Citrix, Sono. I mean, they're just, they're, there's a whole list of these. You bet. Uh, these these companies that are that are incubating and growing and developing here and being able to keep young people here as well, which I think is so vital for the community. Um, 
you know, once upon a time, it was, you know, it was young students and it was, you know, and it was families. There was kind of, there's a missing demographic there that I think now is, is growing. And, and they call them newlyweds and nearly dead. That was what they, you said it, not, not I. Um, That's but not, not on a, any of your pamphlets. Don't have that. It, it, no, it doesn't. It, it's, uh, Come it's, visit the newlyweds a, and nearly yes. dead. Uh, but, you know, it, it, I think it's a, it's an interesting um, dynamic of Santa Barbara and San Luis Obispo as well, that yeah. these, um, you know, these newly graduated students are able to stay local and, and mm. be able to, to work where they went to school and raise a family and all those sorts of things. You're a startup then as well, right? Yes. For all intents and purposes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, uh, you know, sort of a little bit of the entrepreneurial spirit um, that uh, has trickled down through the family and, um, you know, saw an, an opportunity and saw a, you know, a chance to go and, and kind of go out on our own. And that's, you know, that's what we did. So you come from a long line of business, you know, a, a famous last name. And I'm, I had a, a particularly amazing relationship with my grandfather. Mm-hmm. And tell me about that relationship for you. So <laughs> my grandfather, Leonard Firestone, um, was a great man. And, um, and it's funny how you can have a, you know, a whole series of family and, you know, crowds and crowds of relatives and cousins and uncles and aunts but uh, every once in a while you kind of find one person that that you click with and that was yeah. me and my grandfather mm-hmm. and we uh and, and for whatever reason we just kind of saw eye to eye on a lot of things i laughed at his stupid jokes and you know and he would uh, <laughs> did you get to see him often i did i did and um you know i i went to college uh, in san diego and and um and he was spent a lot of time in, in palm Springs, so um, especially towards the end of his life, I got to spend a lot of time. I would shoot out from San Diego and go and, and spend weekends with him in Palm Springs, and um, he would try and teach me how to play golf, <laughs> unsuccessfully, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, but um, you know, it's it's just funny how you know generations and and family. But every once in a while, you kind of there's some commonality there, even though you know, you're separated by decades. But I think what what is interesting in, in my experience was that. You could have it, it, when you skip a generation. So you, the kind of relationship you had with your grandfather was one you could never have with <laughs> exactly. your father. Right, right, right. You know the, uh, you know, and I see it with my kids now and my parents. You know, and, right? and my, you know my parents get to come over and spoil the heck out of my kids and <laughs> let them stay up too late and eat what they want and all those sorts of things. Um, and, but there is also this amazing amount of respect that my kids have for my parents. And I had that same, I kind of revered my grandfather of course. in such a way, even though he wasn't a disciplinarian anyway. Uh, but you just sort of, you look up to this person that, uh, that is larger than life. And um, I think that's a, it's a, it's a great thing when a, when a you know, child gets a, a chance to meet and get to know and be around uh, their grandparents, because there's a certain education that comes with that, that you can't do otherwise. There's no classroom, there's no textbook for that. We, you know, there, there's so much uh, entrepreneur and startup activity in a lot of schools in the region, eight or nine, you know, major colleges and universities. And we're always looking for mentors mm-hmm. to, you know, work with the students. It just kind of dawned on me, like that grandfather relationship is there's a mentor. I mean, there's very mm-hmm. much a mentor, but there's so much love and caring around that, that it's hard to get in a business sense. Yeah. And and also, I mean, I will say this that um, you know, um, even for my my father and certainly my grandfather, but the, once upon a time, um, an entrepreneur could could have just you know, uh, energy and direction and and uh, enthusiasm and passion about what they're doing and, and go out and make a run at it. 
climate's changed. I mean, it is a lot more difficult, <laughs> right. you know, um, in this day and age to to be an entrepreneur, you know. And there is, um, it, 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 there has been a certain, um, I guess I keep saying the word evolution, but there has been an, an entrepreneur, entrepreneurship where uh, it's just more difficult. There are and more roadblocks. Tell me more about that. Oh, I mean, you know, it's funny. I was I was just visiting with a with a friend of mine, who has a dry cleaning service out in Bakersfield, and he does in, industrial, you know, um, uh, dry cleaning, and he has shops. And I, we were walking through, and he was touring me through his shop, and he, he we walked through this one room that it was his break room, hmm. and he must have had an entire wall, and I'll show you, I, I took a photo of it, I mean, and an entire wall of these postings, of regulations and things, oh. and, and just the amount of... Notification he has to provide. It's crazy, yeah. you know, and... These and, are just to his employees, not to his customers. No, to his employees. Right. Yeah. And, you know, um, the employees are more interested in working than, you know, than, than, than reading these things. Or, right. And so it, it's, it's a moving target right now. And, you know, one of the things that, that keeps me up at night as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, is not so much competition across the street. You know, somebody else opening a business across me, doing it better, faster, cheaper than I do. <laughs> one of the things that keeps me up at night is what is coming down the road in terms of regulation and red mm. tape and requirement. L- litigation and, and, and oh litigious, like, yeah, liability. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, and, and it's, you know, for... You know, for an entrepreneur that's looking at, um, you know, at, at hiring or having to have a big workforce, big labor force underneath them. And the hotel, that, that's a but lot the hotel, of it. That's, that's a big part of it. Yeah. it there is, uh, there has to be a consideration for, you know, for what, you know, what's coming down the pike from, you know, federal government, state government, local government, uh, that I don't think is, has needed to be considered quite as much as it is today. It's and getting worse. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and it's just changing, you know, and, and the goalposts are moving all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, it, uh, it, it's, it's daunting because, you know, you think, oh, gosh, you know, I could be I could grow my business if I hired three more people, five more people. But then before you do, you have to consider, OK, what are the implications and ramifications? Not will that employee perform? Is my business going to respond to a new employee? Is it going to benefit from it? But what is it going to you know, how is it going to impact me in terms of, you know, of. Hit, All the other things, like, like hidden costs. Ex- it's not even. It's just, it's just these these speed bumps out there, right. and and it's and it's a it's kind of a sad day, when um, when you would pause before giving somebody an opportunity to work, mm-hmm. as an employee, and that's and that's uh, as an employer, that's a that's a sad, it's a, it's a sad thing. I would think as a builder also there's and and especially in this part of the world in the Central Coast that there's a lot of roadblocks in that regard. There is, in, you know, but I, I respect that, and, and for Santa Barbara and for San Luis Obispo, you know, and, and up in, up in uh, Northern California where we're working, I respect the process. And, um, and so I, and I mean, if you look outside this beautiful building, you look left and right up and down State Street, it makes sense. It's beautiful. And there's not a lot of other cities around the country that have that same respect for their, for their hometown. So I, I, ha- I do understand that. Um, but I, I, at the same time, it's, it is it can be difficult. You know, it, it can be difficult when you don't know what the rules are. You know, and and you know, if someone says these are this exact specifications, this is what it can be, this is what it can't be, and then you follow those rules, 
But then right. you're, but then someone still comes and complains, or there's something else still pops up, that 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 part's worrisome. But in terms of, you know, if, if a city has a strict development guideline and and you know for for design or for architecture, that's totally fine because coming in, you know what you're getting. Right. Exactly. It's just when you get in there and things then start to move and adjust, that's when it gets frustrating. Have you found that um, there's a I think here in Santa Barbara, there's been this. Um, concept that's not business friendly and yet when I through the 805 Connect project as I'm talking to people I get this sense that they're very business friendly mm-hmm. okay what do you think it's like what's it really like out there well I mean I, I think it's business friendly I think that um, um, we've had this new resurgence of the, of the local chamber of commerce which I think has been great um, you have you know, people in city council like Randy Rouse who's a business owner himself and that, you know that's a that's a good thing um, so I, 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 I haven't seen that. Um, I think that, you know, there is, there is things that, that are preventative in terms of cost. It just, you know, it's expensive. Um, whether you're commercial or sure. space or industrial, things are expensive in this part of, this, of the state, but that's, that's kind of the way it is. Um, but in terms of the city, I think it's business friendly, and Sonos has benefited from it. Citrix has benefited from it. I mean, if you look out and, well, you know, Deckers and all these great companies that, um, that have found a home in, in, in Santa Barbara County, um, I think are a testament to that. California overall, <laughs> though, yeah, that's, yeah. That's a, that, that could be a different no, discussion. Are, I mean, just in the news today, right? There's um, Carl's Jr. at CK Restaurants, yeah. right? Moving, yep, yep. moving back east. And, uh, you know, Andy Puzder, the CEO there, is, is always, you know, he's all... He's very conscious of of the of the climate in California, you know, and and you know if he can run his business more effectively in another part of the country, and his employees and his you know his executive team will benefit more by being, you know, in another part of the country. Then you know you got to take a look at that. I mean, um, it, it's a it's a very tough reality, but that's kind of what it is. It, it used to be that. Um the way you got the, a company to come here was you took them to the Biltmore for lunch. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I trust me. I mean, that, uh, that's a good place to get married, and you know, and uh, a good place to, to, to go on a date. And there's a good place to, to uh, you know, there's, 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 there are few places quite as gorgeous uh, in the state, if not the country, if not the world, as right. Santa Barbara. And you know, I, I have, I'm so passionate about this community. I love it so much. Um, I'm raising my three kids here. Um, I think it's, I think it's amazing. And, um, but it takes, you know, it does take some, um, patience and participation to make sure that, um, you know, that those same opportunities are going to be available, uh, you know, down the road for, for other people as well. Um, and it's, it, I I understand the patience part. Mm -hmm. What is, what do you mean by participation? Well, I think Santa Barbara is probably one of the most participatory communities, um, in, that I, that I know. I mean, it's in terms of philanthropy, in terms of um, just the community being part of what's going on here. Um, the, the community has a big, big voice here. I mean, um, you know, when you, when, if there's ever an issue that pops up, whether it was uh, this uh, new, this, uh, the rental um, issue that came up recently, the, you know, the short-term, the, rentals, the short-term rentals. Right, sure. I mean, the, the yeah. whole community comes out in, in, in voices. Um, you know, some communities, you'll have people that are kind of standing on the on the uh, train track staring up and then then wonder why the, they got hit by the train. This community gets involved and lets their voices be heard. And I think that's a great thing. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, there, in, in, for a small community, you have a lot of businesses, you have a lot of organizations, you have a lot of people that are, you know, that are, that are, 
out there and and, and um, you know and why, making why the voices. Why do you heard. think that is? Why? I mean, why is it so? I mean, there's 1,800. There's actually more now. now I know your partner Jess. Parker, mm-hmm. uh, f- five years ago, I was talking to him about our business, and he said, hold it, so you help connect things. I go, yeah, and he says, well, could you help us connect the nonprofit community? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what's, tell me what the problem is, you know, and he mm-hmm. explained the problem, and it's an entire industry here, mm-hmm. and there's 1,800 nonprofits mm-hmm. here, and that's how I met Jess and mm-hmm. met the Hutton Parker Fund, all, right. all, of, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's interesting that for some reason, we are very like that. Mm-hmm. More nonprofits than anywhere in the country. Mm-hmm. And is it that um, people feel like they've come here at a point in their life where they've done well somewhere else, and now they want to? They're at a give back stage of their life. That's one of it. But what about the 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 Cal Poly students and the UCSB mm-hmm. students? Because they're as they're involved, now, very involved. I think any community in which you have a, a university like the UCSB or Cal Poly. Um, you're gonna you're gonna have kind of thought leaders. You're gonna have progressive thinking and and ideas are just sort of percolating. But I think that there's certainly people arrive in Santa Barbara that have done things in their life that are really interesting. They're oh, yeah. captives in, sure. in industry. You have you know, uh, you know the celebrity types. You have this kind of really interesting cross mix of people. And then you also have you know the Santa Barbarans, the the, the homegrown right. Santa Barbarans that are seventh generation. Yeah, and um, and so I think there's a really interesting dynamic cross section here, and so you have people that are capable, um, getting involved in causes that they're passionate about, and you have some that have local impact. You have some that have you know worldwide impact, direct relief. Sure, I would, uh, that was the first one that came to mind was direct relief. Um, yeah. And so you, you know then you have, but you also have some you know transition house, local organizations that are focused right here in the Santa Barbara community. And um, so I so I, I just think that, that there are a lot of people that have a lot of ideas and, you know, in this community, and, and this is the best way for them to kind of to flex their philanthropy. There you go. Flex your philanthropy. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I love that. I'm, uh, I'm on the – there's a, a, a council I've been invited to, which is how do we get businesses to think more about philanthropy and what does that look mm-hmm. like? And as a small business, how do you dedicate? You're already over your head. You're wearing 17 hats. Mm-hmm. Now someone says, "Oh, and you have to give back." <laughs> and, and, and how how do you you know maybe you're having a hard time meeting payroll, uh, and you've got all these regular you've got all of mm-hmm. these things against you. In light of that fact of like, why is it still good yeah. to find time to to give of your your expertise? Yeah. Whatever it is, I mean, volunteerism is just as important as, as contribution. I mean, you know, um, going and, and, and lending a hand or or you know, being involved in an organization is just as important as raising a paddle at a fundraiser, and um, and there's opportunities to do both. Um, and so, as a as a you know as a company, you always want to encourage your employees to get involved in different you know in whatever whatever their passion is and. Uh, there's a lot of passions here in Santa Barbara. So well, you can pick, you can pick right. education. You can pick just about every, you know, any any one of a myriad of uh, of of uh, directions and, and get involved. Are you familiar with Simon Sinek and his TED Talk, which was yeah. people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it? I I, I did. I, I know I saw a headline or something about that. I can't speak too much to it, but I did. I did see that. So if I were to say people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. What, mm-hmm. What's your why? Um, oh man, 
that's a <laughs> that's a tough one. Um, I mean, we have time. Yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> we, um, why we do? Uh, I think that. Um, I mean, in my product, it's a bit more of a consumer product, so I, I think. No, I'm, why I'm, you? But you, me yeah. personally. Yeah. Oh well, I I I try and get involved in in as many things as possible. I mean, tomorrow um, on Saturday night, I'm involved with um, Direct Relief for their um, their wine auction that they mm. do at the Bacara. Next Friday, I'm hosting uh, an event for the Family Services Agency. Uh, on Saturday night, I'm hosting an event for the Boys and Girls Club of Santa Barbara. So I think that. Um, you know, if you have a if you have something that you know how to do, or a talent, or a passion, and you apply it the best of your ability, that you like is being a, an a, MC at those events. I, it's fun. I mean, you know, and it, it's it's and there are, there are organizations that I can really get my shoulder behind, and I believe in, and um, and so for for that reason, it's 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 very fulfilling. And you know, to, if if it helps, great. But I get so much satisfaction out of out of being part of it, and part of it is also. You know, whether it's a transition house or spending the day at the at the Boys and Girls Club of Santa Barbara, I learn a lot about um, an organization or a you know or a mission, and then I end up getting so inspired because you meet the people that are doing it. Right. And you know, uh, it's one thing to go and and have them you know sit across from them at coffee and them tell you about what they do, but to show you what they do um, is is a lot more uh, impactful you know for me anyway i can I can go and I can see how excited they get about it, and so then I can go and kind of interpret that and, and try and explain that to a to an audience that so now you have to influence a bunch of people holding paddles i don't have to influence i just ha- <laughs> I just have to give them the opportunity and that, and that's really you know that's kind of what it what it's all about is is kind of giving them you know giving people the opportunity to get involved and to in you know for a brief second to be able to have them you know see what I saw that day or or you know when I was right. getting involved in an organization. And you don't have favorites, but you're. How many of these do you do a year? Quite a few. I mean, there's so. But you knew the Larry, new Larry Crandell. Listen, there will. No, this is only. There's, one, there's, there's only no, one Larry yeah, Crandell. There's I only one, Mr. That. Santa Barbara. But, um, you know, the, but. Uh, but you, I, I mean, you love doing it, so, I, and you're effective. I do, and so people go, oh, <laughs> we got to get Andrew. Well, it's it's you know I do. Uh, get involved with all the organizations that I help out with. You know, it, it's you know obviously I, I don't get paid to do any of this. I, I of do it all, it's, all, it's all volunteer, but I don't. You know, I want to go and, and understand the groups that I'm that I'm helping out or or, or that I'm participating with, because it's it's not enough to read from a script or you know or, or you know have some canned you know jokes or, or remarks. You have to you have to go and be able to. You know, you have a you have a board, you have a, a staff, you have a group of people that are that are you know following a mission and, and putting their heart and, and soul. And they're into all it. volunteering, and they are right. You know, and and so to be able to go and and f- just be able to share a little bit of their passion, and you're just basically a conduit from the from the organization to the listening you know audience or the or the, the people there. When you were in school, did you have an inkling this is what you would be doing? In your life, did you have a, a plan then? To go? 805 Connect? I didn't know. No. <laughs> this was, this. Thank you, dude. I appreciate that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Sitting right here today. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. So I, I grew up in the San Inez Valley, and, um, you know, I was, you know, talking about entrepreneurship. I, I remember I was seven years old when I uh, published my first newspaper called the Wacky Press. Really? Yeah, Wacky Press. Uh, you could get it for a nickel at the tasting room in, uh, in Los Olivos. Right. And it was a collection of stories that I would make up and put into a into a, a really? periodical. And uh, my 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 father actually recently 
he had saved one, so he recently gave it to me, oh, and uh, which was kind of cool. Yeah. But I always remember at a very, very young age, I was always looking at looking ways to start a business. And you know, I used to go and and there's a process for all those uh, winemakers out there or grape growers out there. There's a process called suckering, where you go and you and you and you cut the small shoot off the bottom of a vine. Oh, okay. And so I used to go and and um, and I had a, a little business. I'd work for my dad, and I would go out and sucker. I'd go out and clip these little things, and I would you know I'd write down my hours, and then I would charge my Dad, a quarter an hour, a dollar, whatever it was, and um, and so I was always, you know, I was always working. And then, on my first real job, aside from working for the family, and uh, I remember I'd came home from, uh, it was it was uh, high school. Uh, my my after my sophomore year, I didn't turn sixteen until the middle of July. But I got a job at the Alice Hall Guest Ranch as a busboy, hmm. and I was still fifteen, so I couldn't drive. And oh. it was all the way across town. So I remember I used to wake up. For the breakfast shift, I'd be up at 4.30 in the morning and have to go and get dressed and wake my mom up. And oh she, she would drive me across town, drop me off for work. And then after the lunch shift, she'd come back and pick me up at, you know, 2 or 3 in the afternoon. And it was so – I got such satisfaction out of out of doing that and getting a paycheck and, you know, and, and it would just um, – and that sort of kind of always continued on. And even in, in college, I played football in college, but once I, uh, I tore my ACL for the second time. And so I was done with football. And so I started, uh, uh, bussing tables at a, a, a local restaurant in San Diego. And so there's always been this inclination and, and, um, kind of drive to, to work and, and get a paycheck. And, sure. and, and, um, and that was always very important to, to, to the family. So the fact it, that it's now important it, to the family that you did that and had that, feeling just or, or just had that kind of that that drive and you know and, and want to go out and, and do it and I mean you know I, I you know I wasn't um, you know I wasn't out there curing cancer I was you know cleaning dirty dishes but sure but uh, but that was kind of that was my assignment that was my job and so um, you know it's kind of fun now that uh, you know I was 39 or 38 when when we started Stone Park Capital so that was kind of you know, kind of a long time coming a lot of experience along the way um, but uh, it kind of culminated in, in starting this, which is you know for now, me. Is this your super first fun. business that you, your owner operator? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I've 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 spent a lot of time working for other. I mean, I've worked for my family as well. But right. that was you know that was for the, you know, the family business. Right? It, it is. It is. Yeah. And um, you know, and there's, there's a net always, right? Yeah. And and so this was this was the first time to go out and and to to kind of flex that entrepreneurial muscle myself and. Uh, there's something very satisfying about, you know, unlocking the door. I mean, the first one to the, you know, that, oh. that's a, that's a really cool feeling, you know, and, <laughs> right. and, and you what know, colors should the walls be? Ex- <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, uh, tr- then trying to figure out, you know, oh, I, I could go home, I could go home at lunch today and take the rest of the day off. And, you know, knowing that in the back of your head, but knowing that that's not the right thing to do. And so it's funny. <laughs> My my wife and I was joke about this. You know, you know we thought she kind of thought, well, if you're gonna be the, you know, you're gonna be your own boss, then you know, you can go and take more time off, whatever. And it's been completely the opposite. Right. Um, but uh, you know, there's there's been nothing more satisfying. Um, nothing's more giving more sleepless nights either, but nothing more satisfying than than uh, being my own boss. When so the person who's listening right now might be working for someone else and might have that mm-hmm. idea. Uh, hey, I, I've got a better idea, or I see an opportunity. Or there's a gap in the market. There's some something where I think I could go fill that. Mm-hmm. W- w- when did that happen for you? You know, I, I, I guess I, I felt as though I had I had stacked the experience box full enough, where um, I kind of, you know, I'd worked 
for a number of different people, lo- number of different organizations, and incredibly grateful for all that experience because that's kind of, you know all those things, little bits and pieces, little you know my my first job bussing tables, uh, working in San Francisco for Roberts and Stevens, big investment bank, working for Ty Warner here locally. All, all these things kind of culminated in in giving me the confidence to go and and. Uh, and, and to kind of take a flyer with uh, with my partner Jess Parker, uh, but you know I, I think that um, there, there is no there, unfortunately there is no magic formula guidebook um, or checklist that says that you know now is the time. Right. It's it's, it's oh it's have, a burning itch you, though when it I mean, is, when it happens. But you, you know that, so there's there has to be a certain kind of opportunistic uh, sure. outlook on whatever you're doing and um, and it's but also at the same time there can be a tendency where you feel unsettled. When you say, I'm going to go out and do this on my own. And maybe that's not the right time. Feeling unsettled is different than feeling confident. And um, Confusion means you're about to learn something. <laughs> usually. Um, and uh, so there, there, is, there is, you know, but there's also, you know, there's genius ideas. I've never had a genius idea. Um, I've, <laughs> You've read about it. Yeah, I've, I've read about it. But there are, but there are genius ideas that, that um, you know, that, that, that people those, go in. Those are the unicorns, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the, the rest of us are, mm-hmm. you know, grinding it out with, you know, finding that great idea or that thing might not be the genius idea, but we, we've got the passion for solving that problem. There's a client who's got a desire to have it solved and a budget to pay you to solve it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now a market has been made as a result. Yeah. I mean, I think the road, the road has been paved with a lot more failed attempts, um, you know, at, at, at different ideas and fail, you know, failed attempt isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's a, you know, it's a, no, not as, at all. as long as it, it, it doesn't, you know, Know, hurt you or cripple you to the point where you can't get get back going. But I think that there is also um, a lot of big lessons to be learned in um, you know in, in taking a chance. Well, we uh, we talk about failing fast all the time, and I think people have a there's a preconception that entrepreneurs and startups and all of this activity is all based around technology, and it and it's not. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of non-tech based startups. I mean, you're a perfect example mm-hmm. of that, right? Yeah, I mean, and and. You know, startups for some reason again in, in this culture again you think something you plug in, uh, but right. a startup is a you know is a is a plumbing business. Startup is a you know is an architect that goes. I mean that's a, that's a, that's what startups are. Yep. That's what startups are. Yep. And you know um, the you know I think like over ninety five percent of businesses are actually family owned businesses. I mean they don't not the same number. San Luis Obispo ninety eight percent are less than four people. Real, that's that's ninety eight percent. See that that is you know, and, and, but you always hear about the bigger sure. employers, but it, the the heart and soul of you know of this economy is is the is the mom and pops is the family businesses, and um, and you know it, it's the it's the son that's willing to go out and take a chance and you know and and you know and start start his own his own business because he knows that he has the experience the confidence all those things. And so when you're sitting down with Jess yes. Parker. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're coming up with the name. You ended up with Stone Park, <laughs> but I gotta know why wasn't it Park Stone? It could just as easily have it, been it Park could, Stone. It could have. However, there's uh, a lot of so arm uh, wrestling. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm bigger. I'm taller than he is, uh, and I'm also older than he is too. Which <laughs> to he, be clear, which he reminds me of all the time. Uh, but uh, Park Stone sounded too many like the other stones that are at Blackstone. Free, there's all these other oh. Freestone Capital, Blackstone. So got it. Um, it's actually our. Um, the uh, the the other person in our company, Kristen, um, who uh, who keeps us all together, she actually came up with the company, and I had this whole whiteboard, and I had all these ideas yeah. and these circles, and it went yes. to this, and it was all these very very flighty ideas, and she 
on a very small kind of piece of paper kind of just put this together and said stone park and i said well that's that's it yeah <laughs> isn't it funny when you know yeah well, yeah but you've got to go through you've got to go through 500 yes. names on a whiteboard yes. yes before somebody can tell you the right because if, if they walked up to you first day stone park you'd be ah it just seems so simple yeah. Yeah. can it be that simple nah let's do 500 names yeah that was and, and that was exactly the way it the way it went and uh and so if it weren't for Kristen, we would still be at that whiteboard right now <laughs> we would have genius capital down. thank you Kristen. lion Capital. Yes. Uh, yeah. When uh, we had an animation software company here in Santa Barbara called Wavefront, and we merged with a company in Toronto, and I was told later they spent two hundred and fifty thousand dollars with a branding firm in New York. Do to not come tell up with Kristen this. that she could have made two hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> coming up with that name. Don't listen. I, thi- I think it, I think it was a I think it was a turkey sandwich uh, at, uh, as we worked through lunch. <laughs> well, we ended up, we ended up keeping our maiden names right. I just put the two names mm-hmm. together, which was the first thought. But my my and we w- ended up going to the employees to say, well, what do you think it should be called? And my contribution was taste like chicken. That, that was <laughs> like, memorable. Can, te- memorable. Te- yeah, tech companies, you can name them anything you want. Yeah, yeah. I want to I want to um, talk about another big influencer on who you are, mm-hmm. which is the media. Mm-hmm. You've done, I mean, you've done a ton of, people can Google and figure all that stuff out, what you've done. I'm more interested in what, how that shaped what you're doing now, some lessons you've learned, and because that's a completely different crucible to survive than starting up a business. Yeah, so I was thrust into the reality TV thing. Uh, it's a little over 13 years ago now. That long? Yeah, so everybody kind of does. It, it was that long ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and and uh, it was when that whole genre was, just was starting, in, just in it? its inception. And um, you know, so my, you know, in a lot of ways, my my experience was very organic. I mean, I mean, it, as organic as it can be, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> but, um, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't kind of this feeling of production around it or anything like that. It was, it was just kind Less of manufactured. Yeah. I mean, it, in, in the way I describe it, it's, you know, if you have, you know, driving down the freeway and you see a fender bender, then you stop and you look. And that was kind of, you know, so it's not that exciting, but you know, it's something, but if you see a hundred, a thousand, two thousand, five thousand fender benders, it's not that exciting to look at anymore. You'll just right. drive on by. And so <clears throat> I think what's evolved is that you have kind of more drama and, you know, and the fender bender is now a full head-on collision. And yeah. that is what you need to, to, to get people to stop and, and watch. But when I did it, it was, just, it was just so novel to have unscripted, if you will, um, sure. you know, television. And um, uh, that was kind of how that was kind of that was my experience. And, you know. Certainly, you know, there was, you know, magazine coverage or, you know, or television or, you know, entertainment television, things like that that were around. But I hopefully and what I tried to do and what I, what I think I, I was able to do was not kind of alter my course at all, you know, and and, and how do you think that was? I don't know. I just think that I had, I, you know, just I, I, I grounded would, with I don't family know it, or saying that, oh, I'm so grounded sounds very <laughs> that sounds a little pompous. That, that's not the that's not the case. I just don't think that I had a whole lot of interest in in trying to create a, any sort of character. It was just I was just kind of doing my own thing. Got it. And um, you know, when I, people ask me, you know, why why'd you do it? I said, gosh, there was 25 cute girls. I mean, I was, yeah, 20, right? I was 27 years old. You know, yeah, no, exactly. Um, that, uh, so, you know, throughout the whole thing, I've, I've, I've just haven't given it a whole lot of consideration. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't alter my life to try and adjust for for that. Um, it was a, it was an interesting chapter. Some people kind of take that and 
say, okay, I'm going to go f- be famous for being famous sake. Yeah. Not you. I realized very quickly that I didn't uh-huh. have any talent. So that, <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the things that, 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 are, that, that is a, a requisite. You know, when you, when, when you see somebody on television or movies or, you know, doing, you know, radio, is that you have to have a certain talent for it. And, um, you know, I was just a little too odd or quirky or So what do you have to, a talent for? Uh, my kids really think that I'm funny. Nice. Okay. So good. I'm a comedian in my own house. That's Love a pretty um, good, that's yeah, a good, good one. aspiration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my, my, yeah, the, 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 unfortunately that, that category is pretty short. <laughs> um, but, uh, as long as my kids are young enough to think that, uh, that I'm funny, I can beat them up if they don't laugh, then I'm, yeah. I'm in, I'm, I'm in good company. So to be clear, Andrew Firestone beats his children. <laughs> that's what I'm picking up. That, from good, good. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, and I'm sure if you edit that, that, that last bite correctly, that's yeah. what it will sound yeah. like. Yeah. Live today, we found out. It's uh, super exciting. Yeah. yeah, I love that. So all the all of our the listeners in India, right? Yes. Right, because yeah. we we do have you know we have listeners all over the world. Is that where we're trending? Is India this week? Yeah, uh, Paraguay. Paraguay. As it turns out. I we, the odd thing about this show is we thought it would just be for the eight oh five, and as it turns out, it's yes we have listeners here but we have 50% of them are outside of the region and yeah, half of nice. them are outside of the United States. And every week it's a different trending country oh, very where cool. we've got another, like this week was 40 new listeners in Paraguay. And I'm, mm. I'm, Buenos dias, Paraguay. Sí. <laughs> that was done very well. Hablo español. Yeah. Y, oh, great. Y por eso, buenos dias. See, I love that. That's perfect. See means yes, Mark. Yes, it does. See, oh, be, see be, I worked in a kitchen for years, and see, I know I, I hot to, and cold. My growing up in, in you know here in, in Santa Barbara County, my you know I learned Spanish day, day Early. one. Early, yeah. no, I mean it was you know half my friends spoke Spanish, so sure. you know it was just kind of you know from a very young age and um, an you know, obvious thing to do. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean it was uh, you know it's 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 just, it was kind of part of the culture growing up. It, you know didn't think much of it. Now, do you still live in San Ynez? I live here in Santa Barbara. Do you? Yeah. So we have come to the end of a 45-minute conversation. It's been 45 minutes? Yeah. Gosh, so quick. Yeah. Just like that. That's what happens. I like to say it evaporates, but, you know, <laughs> I want the water to stay today. Yeah. I'm going to go outside, and it's hopefully raining cats and dogs out there. What we do at this point is someone will have um, come into our list of shows. we got a ton of shows now mm-hmm. that we've talked to so many amazing people. And they're, they really don't know who the people are, mm-hmm. so they're looking at the title of the show. So we let you name, put a kind of a bow around this conversation. Got what it. should we call this? Andrew Firestone, our guest, because the guest that was supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> There's that humor, missed, everybody. <laughs> missed the bus. <laughs> so we had to get somebody off the street. Repla- <laughs> replacement guest. <laughs> exactly. Substitute guest, Andrew Firestone. The short list was short. Right. Um, right. Uh, Accidental uh, guest, ex- yes. Andrew Firestone. He that's was, that's he, your mulligan title. Andrew Firestone. He was looking for the restroom <laughs> and wandered into our sound booth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. Um, that's, a t- that's a tough one. And, and, it usually is. Yes, I, would, uh, and, I don't know. Uh, Andrew Firestone, um, local or native, uh, native son of Santa Barbara County. Um, Oh gosh, that that, that right there. That's great, that like, great. Like, no, I like native that. son. <laughs> that, that, that almost is like a like one of those but, books you'd find at the checkout at the uh, grocery store. There. Yeah. Well, there is a there is a sense of stewardship that you definitely have, yeah. right? And you, you, I got that from you, you know, pretty quickly. 
And, uh, you know, I've been here since 1972, so I'm not a native son, but I have had the talk. You got me th- where by the three elders, yeah. You know, where the elders come and talk to you and say, this is what it means to be in this region mm-hmm. and how we protect it and how we preserve it. And I think you said earlier, you said it was patience and participation. Mm-hmm. And what does it mean to participate? And what does it mean to be a citizen here? And... Um, Native Sun fits you real well. Yeah. Well, I, I just to piggyback that very quickly. I mean, I do have an incredible amount of pride in Santa Barbara, and um, I, I you know, live and breathe and and live obviously kind of the Santa Barbara culture. And my my father being a you know kind of a pioneer in winemaking, and and then his role in politics and, and leading this district in the assembly and as a county supervisor. My brother's business that he's grown and, um, you know, in uh, up in, in North County in Paso Robles, 805 beer, you know. Right. I mean, no, <laughs> I, it, it's not escaped me. Yes. Uh, I, you know, I, I certainly feel a, feel a, a lot of responsibility and pride in, in, in Santa Barbara, and I'm just, you know, thrilled to be able to, to have a, a small role in, in kind of what goes on here in the philanthropic world and the business world and, um, and just feel incredible. Incredibly blessed that my you know, my my son is now a first grader at, at uh, Mountain View Elementary nice. School, and and they get a chance to come to see some of the things that uh, and experience some of the things that I I did growing up. So, thank you very much for spending time with us. Absolutely, thank you for uh, for having me on. Yeah, it's um, I, I just love we love hearing all of these different stories because it's just another little piece of this puzzle that makes this place so interesting and why everyone in Paraguay now is booking tickets <laughs> to come to Santa Barbara. It's my dream before I die to yes. go to Santa Barbara. Exactly. Why not? Well, thank you very much, uh, Andrew. And I also want to thank California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services, our podcasting partner, Pull String Press, for this great studio, and Cielo24, who provides the searchable captions for our show, The 805 Connect Project is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. I want to thank them all as well. If you want to learn what it's like to be a partner with us, go to 805connect.com. Patrick, the people who've been listening to this show. Yes, are the smartest, most attractive people I've ever seen. Oh, my gosh. That's right. Wow. It's true. Just like that. It's true. They should turn on the camera on their phone and look at themselves. <laughs> and they should they should uh, write us an email and let us know uh, uh, how we're doing and what's working for them and uh, what we can improve. We love uh, critical feedback in any form. And, of course, rate, write, review on any of those apps. That's what helps get us out to a larger audience, like Absolutely. the audience we have in Paraguay. Exactly. We showed up on some list and people clicked and, and they're staying there listening. So thank them. I'd love to hear from you personally. So introduce yourself. Send me a note. Mark at 805connect.com. Let me know what you like about the show or how we could improve it or a fascinating person you think I should talk to. Until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations.